feel at home tonight? My goodness. Now that I begin to see it's a lot of familiar faces, I really feel at home. I want you to know this is uh, 6.45 where I'm from, 6.45 in the morning. So I've been up all night, basically. So I'm still jet-lagging a little bit. I want to introduce somebody, Dr. Moses Kang. He is my colleague. Uh, I want you to come up. He's a missionary to China. He works with us. And uh, I want you to say a few words to the young people. Okay. Hello. Nice meeting you. Nice to see a lot of girls. I have three girls. So I'm very comfortable being around girls. And it's, it's even nicer to see Holy Spirit filled uh, all these people, all this room. Amen? Amen. How much time do I have? <laughs> okay. Uh, I, grew, I, I was born in Seoul, and I went to uh, U.S. Uh, when I was 17. So I graduated from high school there and went to medical school, and I was practicing medicine until uh, about a year and a half ago, and I went to China uh, to do God's ministry. I'm very happy. Are you? Yes. Happy? I'm very happy, not because I, I have a lot of money. You have a lot of money? No. Huh? You're still very happy, huh? Yes. Yeah. Where I live in Yanji, I live in an apartment uh, about the size of one-fifth of, uh, of what I used to live. And uh, I used to drive a very nice car. Mercedes, and I don't have a car there. And I used to live in a very nice weather. I, I used to live in Los Angeles, <laughs> sunny Los Angeles. <laughs> How many people are from West Coast? All right. <laughs> but in, in Yanji, about three weeks ago, we still had a lot of snow. The winter is about six months, and it's freezing cold, minus about 15 to 20 degrees Celsius. So I live in a very bad weather, but I'm still very happy. Because? Because of what? Jesus? Yes. Because I live the life that I experience God. Yeah. I want to share a little bit about that. There are three types of faith. Number one is the, 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 you're believing in the fact Okay, this, this is not a faith, it is a knowledge. Okay, you believe that I'm handsome. You believe that? That's the, that's the fact, so you believe that. Okay, one plus one is two, that's the fact, you believe that. Second stage is you believe because someone you trust says so. Okay, like your mother says so, you believe that. Your parents believe you because you're... You're my daughter or you're my son. You said so, I believe. Okay, so that's second stage belief. A lot, of, a lot of Christians stay in that second stage belief. The third stage belief is you believe and you act upon it. A lot of people stumble 
and they don't cross from second stage to third stage. I want to talk a little, little bit about that. As a Christian, we need to do two big jumps. First jump is from accepting Jesus Christ. Non-believer to becoming a Christian is a big step jump. You need the Holy Spirit to jump that big gap. Second step is, second jump is from second stage belief to third stage belief. You need Holy Spirit again to jump that step. Amen? A lot of people don't jump that step. I'm glad I did it. I, my first half of my life, I lived as a doctor. I had a very comfortable life, and I lived for success. But I jumped the second jump. Now I'm living for significance. I live for God. That's why I'm happy. You cannot be happy unless you, you experience God in your life. If you just believe in God, it's like second stage belief. You don't have real joy or happiness in your life. But if you act upon your belief, then you become really joyful, satisfied person. God only uses the person who has third stage belief. The North Korea mission I do, they're very, very uh, dangerous. And a lot of people say it's almost impossible. Impossible meaning you can give, you know, foods to North Korea people, but it's almost impossible to give foods to the, to the people who need them. A lot of times you give, you know, medicine, food, clothes, but high officials or soldiers take them, and the people who are really in need, they don't get to get them. But God uses the people who has Thursday's belief. I'm very happy God is using me, using Dr. Rowe, and our team, and our ministry. And our ministry actually sending, providing food, rice to the people who are really in need. We are sending, God has showed us open door to, the, to reach the people. So I, I cannot really say, you know, in details which cities and whatever, but God really has opened the door for us so we can reach the people, orphanages, and the people who are dying, starving. So God, I'm really happy. I'm being used by God. And <clears throat> I, I, want, I want to challenge you to take that second jump so that you can be used by God and you can have a really happy, joyful life. Okay, I'm going to hand the mic over to Dr. Rowe, and he can share a little bit more about our ministry. Thank you. Let me just tell you a little bit more about uh, Dr. Kong Moses. We've been friends since uh, college years, a long time. And, uh, you know, we went our different path. And uh, um, one day we met, and you know how the friends are. You know, you, you get reacquainted really fast. And uh, he didn't know I was doing North Korea work. And he's been always been praying about doing North Korea work and just... Uh, so I took him to Pyongyang, and uh, I really sensed that I was doing something in his life. And so in back of my mind, and I'm just praying. And one day, I, I, you know, make a very long story short, you know, because I could talk about this for a long time too. But anyway, God just reminded me about Moses. And uh, 
Let, you know what? This is a perfect situation for him. So I gave him a call. Because so I knew that he wanted to uh, go into mission work and that he was preparing for that. He told me, look, North Korea is closed. So I, you know, I, I really want to go there. But I, I really sense that I need to go to Ethiopia. Okay? So he was going to go to Ethiopia. Everything was set. Yeah, but God had a different plan, you see. So I've been praying for him, you know. So uh, someone says a prayer righteous man is very powerful. Is that what you said? <laughs> anyway, make a long story short, uh, God just redirected their life into China and North Korea work. So we've been working together, um, uh, you know, and God is just doing opening incredible opportunities through him. And so... Uh, uh, praise God, and I—I I, I, I will share a little bit about a uh, little bit of that too. Um, let's pray. Let's pray. I think we forgot to pray. Father, we—I just, just want to thank you for uh, this group. Father, thank you for showing me, Father, that you are so pleased uh, with this church, with this body. You are so proud of them. You wanted me to encourage them and strengthen them today. Uh, Father, I do want to just lift them up, God. I want to thank you for their passion. Thank you they are willing to lay down everything for you, God. And I want to thank you for that. I bless them tonight. I bless this congregation, this, this family of mine. Father, that's just, I just ask you to pour out your Holy Spirit tonight. Father, let your presence be here. Even more greatly. Truly, Lord. Your presence will permeate every aspect of our life. We thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. When was I here last time? Do you guys remember? January. So it's been four or five months, okay. And I've been praying for you. I, I want you to know uh, I've been praying for you. You've been on my mind for a long time. I'm so proud that there's a church like this in the middle of Seoul. I am so thankful because I believe you are the forerunners of what is about to happen in throughout the world. And I think there is not a coincidence that God has put you here in Seoul for this purpose. And I really sense that uh, uh, God is about to do some amazing thing. God is going to give you new revelation and new truth. Uh, revelation that has already been hidden in God. But it is a when God reveals things, there's a power behind it. The power is to release those who are in captives, to break down bondages, okay? and to go places to establish His kingdom when there's darkness. That's what this is about. Uh, North Korea, um, you live right next door. It is our nation. It is one people. So what happened? What, what happened to North Korea? Why is that little country uh, is one of the most darkest places in the whole world? What happened? The question that I, the same question that I've asked about six years ago, and God revealed that to me. And that's the reason why I do what I'm doing. I think I shared this with you a little bit last night. Um, but I want to share this again because I see a lot of new face. Because God showed me in the spiritual realm, North Korea was placed like Iwo Jima. Iwo Jima uh, 
if you recall, is a one of the um, strategic place in World War II because it had three airfield strips. And the Japanese army obviously used this island to patrol the whole Pacific Islands. And it was the furthest away from actual Japan. That was a Japan, but it was about, uh, I forgot exactly, about 600 kilometers away. Okay? Allies also needed this place to obviously do the same thing, to start bombing Japan. Okay? So it was an incredible place. But Japanese, you know how many soldiers they put Japanese? Do you guys remember? 29,000 soldiers in this island. You know how many people died? 28,000 Japanese soldiers died. Okay, only 1,000 survived. Okay? About 6,000 Marines died. So over 30,000 soldiers died in this little island. Okay? In this place, war, most island, the, uh, the Pacific Islands, it took less than a week to capture the island. But this island, it was so vicious fighting there, over 31 days. Of fighting occur and 30, over 30,000 soldiers died and God remind me in a wartime there's a strategic place that's like Iwo Jima once that Iwo Jima was capped or was uh, turned over to Ally the war ended in five months later in August 15 of uh, 1945 it ended Okay, five months later likewise North Korea showed me very clearly that in a, in a spiritual sense, this was the strategic place. God showed me once the North Korea was taken over by godly people like us, there was a, a, a domino effect all the way through the Middle East. And God told me, this was six years ago, the jihad movement that we know of today will end that's what he told me. Okay, I said, oh, you know, what is the relationship with North Korea and, and uh, uh, Muslim? Well, we know there's a very, very tight relationship. Not only that, jihad movement is a uh, very, very similar spirit with North Korean spirit. Okay, the binding spirit, the uh, the this deception, controlling spirit. Okay, that's the reason why. I do what I do. That's the reason why people like uh, Dr. Moses and myself are involved in a full-time work. Gave up our medicine to do this. Um, exactly year, well, not exactly. Uh, last summer, uh, through a prophet that someone that prays for me constantly who was a truly intercessor prayer for me. She had a word from me, and uh, I met with her, and she told me that, look, God, is, God has been telling me this, and I need to share this with you. I want you to know that North Korea, God is saying, there's going to be a plague is coming. Very soon, the plague of God is coming. And she said that there are going to be a, many, many people will be dying during this time. But it's a plague. God is giving this plague to bring his people back to him. And I want you to be ready. God's going to put you in the, right in the middle of this. You're going to see many, many people dying. 
and you need to prepare for food and medicine. That was a word. That was last summer. Um, for those of you who do not travel to North Korea, uh, you probably don't know, but uh, I used to travel quite often to Pyongyang to teach uh, to do physicians there and healthcare workers. But Pyongyang, and uh, I go into some other areas too, but the situation wasn't that bad last summer. Okay? Uh, the food was plentiful, not plentiful, but food was there. Most people was able to eat. Uh, not plentifully, but uh, they were able to survive. And because the open market was getting very uh, well established throughout the whole country, people were able to buy and sell their food and, and other goods. So when I start understanding this, God, what are you doing? And sure enough, November 10th of, this, of last year, there was a devaluation of currency. That just totally annihilated the market. And uh, it began. The plague of, the, of God began. But it, it began earlier than that because uh, there are other incidents where the help through, from the uh, other people, other nation, were slowly dying, uh, drying out. So they were, getting, uh, they were getting hurt. But through devaluation process, the whole market just got demolished, and people are starving. Now, let me, let me tell you uh, a little bit more about North Korea. You may or may not know this, but essentially you have to think this way. Uh, about a third of the population, North Koreans basically decided, you can, you can die. We don't really care. So there are very little resources are going to those third of the population. So basically about 10 million people, they care less whether you die or not. Okay? There are about another 10 million uh, population is they know that under different situations they could turn against them. But they still need these people. So there are some resources are going into these people, but not very much. Just enough so that they won't be uh, turning backs against their government. Okay? And then there are about 7, 8 million people that are truly, they feel that these are the people that are faithful to us, to our cause. So they are the ones they actually give a lot of resources. So, so basically, they really care only about 7, 8 million people. Rest of them, they really don't really care. They do care, the middle, middle third, but not very much. So when you give food, um, you, you have to understand. So the, you, have a, you have a pie, okay? And uh, they already decided very little resource to go to uh, 10 million people. Very little, okay? In the middle third, you need to make them happy, but you don't want to give them a lot of resources. In the 7, 8 million people, less than a third, I have to give all resources to these people. Okay? So they're generating food, but not enough to feed all 100% of the population, right? So what are they going to concentrate on giving their resources to? The top tier, right? So when we, the NGOs, and other NGOs, the American, you know, USA, and all that, you know, Food for uh, Hungry, and all these people are giving donations to food, what are they going to do with this food? Remember, they also generate food in their, in their country, right? Not enough to feed everybody, but they have, they have food. So where this food is going to? 
is going to the, 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 the top third, seven, eight million people. That includes the army, million of their army people, and primarily people in Pyongyang. Pyongyang is about a million people, and a few people you know, around, the, around the country, okay? So now whatever, so when we give the food, what do they do with it? Then, then no resource is going to this bottom third. Doesn't matter whether we give there or not. So the middle third, what, what are they going to do with this? They release it through the army. If they release this food to the army, so the army actually sells it to, to the, to the uh, market. Okay? So that's how the food is getting to these people. So in actuality, what we are doing is that if you're giving food to the government, all the access, all the access of the food that they have, they're making profit and they're keeping it to themselves and they're using it to do whatever. Okay? They're political making bombs and you know nuclear stuff, okay? So that's why when all the Talbukjadar, all the, the refugees that come out of uh, North Korea, they have never received aid from us. Does that make sense to you guys now? Yeah, because they, whether they have it or not, the resource doesn't go to them. Okay? So when I began to realize that's the reality, so they have a, a very uh, elaborate scheme a very elaborate scheme to hide this fact. So a lot of people are donating money and, you know, all good people, okay? And when they do that, when they give it to the government agency, the most of this food is not getting to these people. Most of the food is sold to the market, the middle third. The top third, they can, whether you give it or not, they're going to be able to survive, Okay? from the food that they generate, right? So the food is released to the middle people, and some of them, obviously, because these people have to live too, they have to buy, and you know, buy and barter and all that stuff. So that's how the economy was getting survived. And the, how did this third, third of the people survive? Well, it turns out there are about 250,000 almost 300,000 defectors now throughout the world. They're the ones giving money to their family, okay? Sending money in. All the people here in Korea, they're sending money. All the people in China, you know, they're, they're sold to, you know, Chinese men and, um, well, I mean, it sounds really bad, but some of them actually are happy, okay? Because they are able to live. They're, they're making money, they're working, and they're sending money back to their family. So family are using this money. So the, the economy was getting th a thriving economy among this, this market-based economy. So there's a truly a, a communist economy where um, based on distribution, okay? You, don't, you can't own anything. You, don't, you can't even have money, okay? In, in true communist uh, economy. Is because everything is about control. Everything about is about distribution. But then the rest of the company, uh, the the population, a third and a middle third. So basically two third. Majority of the people were living because of the free market. 
He's crazy. You know, there's two systems. And the government begin to see this. Oh, my God. They are actually living better than us. Okay? People, they are actually laughing at people living in Pyongyang. You know, Pyongyang, about a million people, is based on truly a distribution. So, you know, they're trying to make, you know, they're trying to prove that they are worthy to live in Pyongyang. All right? They say it's a really horrible situation. So they're barely surviving, and people in the, you know, so-called, the, you know, the people that are thrown away are thriving. So government, well, we can't control these people anymore. So in order to control this, we need to kill the market. Okay? That is what's happening right now. So when they kill the market, who's, hurt, who's, getting the, uh, who, who's being hurt the most? The, the third of the people that are totally disregarded. The UN just reported 1.7 million people will die of starvation this year. This year. 1.7 million people will starve to death this year. This is a truly a plague of God because God wants to help these people to come back to Him. Help Him to realize your system without God it's not going to work it's not going to work you need me so I used to believe I think I told you to pray like this before I used to believe that it was our job to pray for North Korean and pray for their uh, the sins in behalf of North Korean but I began to realize no they need to cry out to God themselves the time has is over now Time for us to pray for North Korea is ended. Okay? It is, we need to pray that they will pray to God. They will seek after God. Okay? So I, our prayer needs to change. Our prayer needs to be North Korea needs to repent before God. Okay? And this is a very serious time, guys. We need to pray for them that they will repent. Just like Jonah you guys remember the story of Jonah? Uh, Jonah really uh, exemplifies God's heart. Okay? God's heart is for them to return to Him. Return to Him. Let me just read that scripture. It's, it's a very powerful uh, scripture to me. Uh, jo- uh, Jonah, uh, the chapter 4. Verse, well, you know, you can read this, a very short book, but verse 9, I'm just going to give you, kind of paraphrase this. It says that after, you know, you know the story, Jonah. I don't want to tell you that, you know, God told him to go to Nineveh. He didn't want to go to Nineveh because he hated these people. Okay, God, I know you, you're a God of mercy, God of compassion. You will forgive them, and I don't want you to forgive them, and I don't want to go, okay? Because I know if I go and start preaching, they're going to repent and you're going to forgive them. You know? I don't like that God. I want you to kill these guys. But, you know, you know the story. He reluctantly goes. He preaches. They, you know, repent. And God forgives them. So he, you know, I I told you God that's what's going to happen. Okay? You should have just annihilated them. And he was kind of mumbling in his heart, you know, and then the... God is really funny, you know. He was sitting in this tree, and the tree withers. And he says, and, and you know, and then 
Jonah goes like this. God said, when the sun came up, verse 8, chapter 4, verse 8, when the sun came up, God appointed a scorching his wing, and the sun beat down on Jonah's head so that he became faint and begged with all his soul to die, saying, death is better than to me than life. Then God said to Jonah, do you have good reason to be angry about the plant? Because the plant withered away, you know? And he said, I have a good reason to be angry, even, even to death. Then the Lord said, the Lord knew what he was talking about. It wasn't about the plan, you know. You had compassion on the plan for which you did not work, which you did not cause to grow, which came up overnight and perished overnight. Should I not have compassion on Nineveh, the great city in which there are more than 120,000 persons who do not know the difference between their right and left hand, as well as many animals. Even the animal. God cares about animals. I, lo I love animals, by the way. I love dogs. Uh, all right, you know, I love dogs. That's God's heart. And that is what God is saying about North Korea right now. God is saying, to me at least, don't you care about what's going to happen in North Korea? North Koreans. Um, it's a very powerful story to me. Okay? Very, very powerful. That in that, I know God's heart. God's heart is for North Koreans to repent, and they come to Him. So we need to pray for North. I'm going to tell you how to pray. You need to pray for North Koreans that will repent and that will come to God. That's what God is telling us to pray for them. Okay? And some of us, God is going to call you to actually to tell North Korea face to face, you need to repent. You need to come to God. He is the only answer that you guys need. He's the answer to every problem. It's not because you have a lack of fertilizer. Okay? It's not because, you know, uh, your Chucha ideology. You need to tweak, you know, Chucha ideology. That's not the answer. Answer is not to go to China, go to, you know, Russia, Japan, United States, even here. That's not the answer. Answer is you need God in your life. You need God in your country. You need to ask God to bless this nation. Okay. That's the answer. Now, what we are doing right now is exactly what God has called me to do. Nothing more, nothing less. We do not want to work through government. Because okay, I know what it does. I cannot help sustain this evil regime. In fact, none of us should do that. Okay? But it doesn't mean that we should not help North Koreans. The way we help is that we need to help them directly. Okay? But one of the things that I tried to do was the people that come over because they are in need, we, you know, I mean, you cannot help every one of these 10 million people that come over. You can't, I mean, there's, it's just impossible to do that. But whatever we can, we, we give them uh, sustenance and uh, a little bit of funds and 
preach the gospel to them and share love of Christ. And they accept Christ and uh, they go back. You know, what they really do in North Korea is I don't know. Okay? It's very difficult to really know. But at least I know that they have seen something they have never uh, seen before. They have, they have tasted something they never tasted before, which is the love of God. There is no word for love anymore in North Korea. And the second thing we are trying to do is that feed North Korean directly. So God is after you opening up. Uh, I have, uh, uh, my team just met with uh, one of the highest ranking, of, he is the highest ranking official in Hamgyongbukdo. Um, okay? He's coming out. Uh, what happened is that because there's such a gravity situ- situation, so grave right now, the Pyongyang told all the province that you are on your own, basically. You have to go out and get your own food because we cannot help you anymore. Um, so there's no distribution, even to the highest ranking official. They're not getting food anymore because it's that dire right now. So they're coming out and trying to get help. So. Um, we have invited him out, and we just had a discussion. And I just got a call this morning that uh, uh, the the what do you call it the, the the meeting went very well. So our our position was this place called. Uh, there's a little. It's it's actually about seventy eighty thousand um, uh, uh, city that is about size of seventy eighty thousand uh, people live there. We told them we want to feed every student in this province. And every orphan we're going to feed. Okay? What would it take to do that? So uh, we want to feed every one of them. Every children. Uh, every orphan. Because we want to target young people. But they are the most vulnerable right now. Okay? Especially age, uh, you know, up to about 12 years old. But we, I feel they're the ones that we need to target. If we can't feed everybody. But they're the ones who we want to target, and orphans who we want to target them. So that was a deal. If we allow us to feed every one of these people, uh, I mean, the children, then the, we'll do it. So pray for us. The reason why I couldn't go in this time, I was supposed to be in China right now, is because I am uh, listed in, 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 in the government's, uh, 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 what do you call it? Uh, I, you know, one of those wanted sign. <laughs> so um, I, I am famous there right now. Uh, um, I am wanted by uh, the, the secret police right there because I've been helping North Korea. And so that's no-no with these guys. Uh, that's a story in itself. Uh, last time, you're talking about uh, how God provides protection. Boy, I, I really, it was amazing. It was amazing how God, it wasn't my time yet, you see. I don't care whether I get caught or not. It's, you know, it's God is in control, right? Uh, it's amazing. When I found that they were after me, you would think that I'd be very fearful. But I had such a peace of God. And God told me, do not move in fear. Because fear is not from me. Fear is from the enemy. But you move in faith. You move in faith. And... Uh, he was there with me, and uh, um, it was amazing how God just through incredible series of events, every step, God just 
turned us, turned us, and they're always step behind us. Okay, and uh, we, I, I, I could have been caught, you know, but uh, God reminded me, and through reading the book of Acts, story of Paul, sometimes Paul gets captured. Guess what? Sometimes God releases him, right? Miraculously, Peter, angels come and you know take him out. But sometimes what happens? They get captured. They get beaten. They get rocks thrown at them. Okay, God is in control. Okay, um, whether we get caught, whether we are jailed, it doesn't matter. Okay? That itself is not important. What's important is God is in control. So our faith is in God, in our Lord Jesus Christ. It is not about our circumstances. We are beyond that. I understand that I was talking to a Christian today, or a couple of days ago. You guys are reading um, uh, Heaven Invades the Earth? Yeah, in the great book. If you haven't read that, I, I think it's a must-read book for all Christians. I think it's amazing. Bill Johnson, that is an anointed book. If you have not read it, I highly encourage you to read it. Not only once, but three, read about three times. Okay, And just soak it in your spirit. Because you cannot limit God. Okay, It's okay if you limit God. You'll still go to heaven. Okay, You'll still go to heaven. It's okay. It's okay if you're a cessationist. Okay? So you'll still go to heaven. That's not the point. But you will never fully experience who God is in your life. You will never be able to, to, you know, one of the things that I'm going to tell you something. God is so great. He is so amazing that He wants you to experience Him. He wants you to reveal Himself to you more and more. But there are conditions to that. You've got to take some risk. That's called faith. Stepping over. If you don't do that, you will never experience God. But God says, it's okay. I'm not going to force you like Satan. You know? God doesn't force you. God doesn't, you know, make you do things that you don't want to do. But God invites you, constantly invites you. The One of the greatest things that, um, that I've experienced in my life, one, one of the greatest joy. He's talking about joy. And I just smile inside because sometimes I just think, oh my God, you are so amazing, God. You know? is that you, you make yourself vulnerable in His presence and He does amazing things. Until you get to that point. Until you allow yourself to be vulnerable through faith you will never begin to experience God fully. And that's, you can call that faith, you can call that obedience, you can call that trust. I mean, you know, our words cannot really explain or describe all of that. But it's just a purely being, yeah, trust is a good good word. Just putting yourself in in a God's position. All right, God, I'm ready. Whatever you have for me. Healing it's a natural thing. It's, just, it's a natural thing in His presence. The enemy cannot be in the presence of God, guys. He cannot. He tries 
in your mind is the battleground. He'll try to make you reason. Okay? He tried to make you... It doesn't mean reasoning is not something that, that you should be exercised. I'm not talking about that. 90% of the time, you move because of reason. Okay? Driving. You don't go through the red light. Okay? That's called reason. All right? But there are times the Spirit of God speaks. And you need to learn to yield. Because even though you may not understand it, when the Spirit of God says and tells you, you need to, okay, Lord, I'm going to obey. I'm going to trust. I don't understand it, but I'm going to do it. When you do that, you'll see amazing thing, what God is doing. You'll begin to see greatest thing. And, when, you know, my, well, I can't believe, is that, you guys are, the time is just going faster and faster and faster. All right, I'll, I'll wrap this up. <laughs> I'll wrap this up. Um, the w- one thing that I re- really did want to share with you tonight was this: you need to learn the spirit what spirit says. Okay, you need to learn to listen to him. Uh, if you begin to listen to what the Holy Spirit says your life will be changed forever and ever you will be changed and you need to listen to him and it's a process that you need to learn and you need to trust what the Holy Spirit says I'm going to tell you something there are times you know without a doubt God spoke to you you know and yet it doesn't happen exactly what God says. And you begin to question God. You said to do this, and yet I'm doing this, and the result is exactly the opposite from what I expected. Has that ever happened to you? You, f- you truly believe what God says, and you did it, and this is what happened. And he goes, oh yeah, you know, I must be crazy. Okay? No, you're not. Okay? You're not crazy. You need to listen and continue to contend what God has said. Okay? There's a there's a verse, uh, there's a story in the book of Judges, chapter 19 and 20. It's a very long story, but it's a bizarre story. When you get a chance, go home and read this. But I'm going to give you a nutshell. There's a story. Um, this man is a Levite, and he had a wife... Well, his wife ran away, so he actually got his wife. On the way back, he was stopped over a place called Jebusite. Okay? It's a little town. And in this town, the people were wicked. Okay? But they're Israelites, but they were wicked. And they want to have a sex with this man. All right? So he said, no, 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 no. You could have my concubine instead. Okay? So, I mean, I know it's a bizarre story, but it's in the Bible. Okay? I'm not making this up. So this Jebusite, people in Jebusite, rapes her and kills her. So following morning, he's devastated. So he, this is another bizarre thing. He cuts her in pieces, in 12 pieces, and sends these parts away to, to the, the, the Israelites. Okay? I know it's a bizarre story, but there's a point to this. And the people see this, and what is this? Who did this horrible thing? So people come together, 
He explains what happened. They are furious. Turns out Jebusite is part of Benjaminite. So we're going to go to war against Benjaminite. So they seek, they, they ask God, should we war against Benjaminite? And God says, yes, go. First day, go to war. Did they win? No, 22,000 people die. And they lose. So they come back. They're devastated. God, what happened? You told us to go. And we, we I mean, 22,000 people die. So they cry again, God, and they, they're fasting. Should we war against these people? So they go. They fight. What happens? Do they win? No. 18,000 people die. Okay? And they're devastated. God, you told us to war. Should we stop? What do you want us to do? God says, go. This time I will give you victory. So they go a third time. And what happens? They win and, you know, you can read the story. The point that I'm making this, sometimes, like me, uh, you know, I had an event in China and I clearly heard from God to do this. And I almost got captured, guys. Okay? I almost got captured. Not only almost got captured, all the plan that I had was just totally wiped out because of this. Okay? God, I thought I heard I thought I heard what you said clearly. And then I came home. I want, you, I want you to know, I was depressed for three weeks. I was depressed. God, I gave, you know, I started thinking, I gave my profession for this. I gave my Mercedes for this. I gave my, you know, I have three Mercedes, okay? I gave my Mercedes. And, uh, you know, I gave my... My partner's still mad at me because I left. And, you know, all this stuff, you know. <laughs> I, I was devastated. God, I really thought you told me to do this. And then Moses calls me. David, I have a great news. But I can't talk. I can't talk in China. So I, I, I need to. So he came out to meet me in Seoul from China to tell me this story. And the story is, <laughs> it's amazing. All the stuff that we've been planning, all the stuff that we've been praying for, God has already done it. God had already prepared. Okay? Through, I can't go into details, okay? But, so, this is how God works, guys. God has given us victory. Okay? Even though it looked like I lost. So I want you to, I want you to be certain. Do not, uh, even when God speaks to you, even though you have obeyed and you feel like you're a failure, I want you to know God did speak. There is, oh yeah, this is the story that I really want to There is no mistake in God. There is no condemnation in God. And I've realized we are always okay in God. We, everything that we do, we're okay. There is no mistake. Isn't that amazing? You don't have to prove God. Am I doing it right? Am I doing wrong, God? Am I? No, you are doing it right. You are doing it right. This is what God is saying. Isn't that an amazing story or what? In God, what you're doing is okay. There is no mistake. 
Because if you did make a mistake, God will correct it. That's the beauty of it. If you do it right, God will humble you anyway because God's going to get the glory. You know what I'm saying? But through that process, you will begin to see God clearly. You'll begin to experience God. His presence in your God will become even more and more. And you begin to understand. You begin to hate evil. You begin to hate what hates God. I mean, what, this, what God is dislike. You begin to, begin to dislike injustice. Okay? You begin to become merciful and compassionate. You begin to take on His character. That's what happens to us. Okay? That's the result of walking with God. It's not what we do. I'm going to tell you something. It's not what I do that matters. None. Zero. But what it matters is that because what I do, what matters for me is that I begin to see God and experience God in a greater and deeper way. That's what I get. Not what I do. Not what I do. Okay? Amen? Amen. Amen. So, um, let's pray. I want you to pray. Let's pray for this. I want you to pray honestly. God, speak to me. Speak to me. Holy Spirit, teach me how to hear your voice. And I want you to pray. Thank you, God, that, that I have, I'm okay in you. I'm accepted by you. Everything I do, you are pleased. Everything that I do, you are pleased. Everything that I do is okay in your presence. Let's pray. Let's pray and give God the thanks and pray. Just thank God. Father, thank you, Lord. You are so good. You are so good. I'm okay in you, God. Oh, hallelujah. Father, I want to thank you for this group. I want you to love them, Lord. Pour your spirit upon them. Strengthen them, God. Help them to understand. There is no mistake in your presence. Everything is okay. That you are so pleased with them. Father, I just ask you, Lord, you will continue to reveal yourself to them in an amazing way. You will continue to bless them. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Bless your Thank you for your word. Thank you for your word. Thank you.